Kia you're listening to Aotearoa in Focus. Ko Armstrong toko ingoa. How do we make Aotearoa a better place? One where everyone can be themselves without stigma or harm. How do we make spaces inclusive or improve our preconceived notions of others? Now, these, these might, well, they do sound like big philosophical questions, sort of pie-in-the-sky stuff. But let's be honest, many parts of our country aren't inclusive and systems and actions have and continue to harm people. So the other day I caught up with one of the founders of a movement taking those questions and working towards those big societal changes. And a couple years in they certainly seem to be sowing those seeds of a brighter future. So, let's crack into it. This is Anjam Rahman and the inclusive Aotearoa collective Tahono. So, really, uh, it came out of, kind of it came out of the March 15th attacks um, in Christchurch in 2019. Um, it kind of the idea had a bit of genesis before that in that we were asking government to do a national strategy for diversity and inclusion for Aotearoa, and that was based on issues that we were seeing in our community. Um, And when we were putting forward solutions and things, we said, well, actually, a lot of these things will benefit other communities who are facing discrimination or exclusion or not feeling belonging. And so really, you should do a whole strategy. Um, And they didn't. Um, but after the attacks, I got approached by some people and I was talking about this and how we needed to have, you know, an overall approach and so on. And so um, they ended up saying, well, what if we just do it outside of government? And I'm like, oh, OK, then. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of the genesis. And so then in 2019 was basically a setup phase of getting funding and getting websites and getting team members and all of those things. And then in 2020, we travelled to 46 towns and cities across the Motu as well as had online conversations because we had lots of COVID lockdowns, um, disrupting our plans, as did everyone else. Um, But we ended up talking to around 860 people and we basically wanted to talk to them about their feelings of belonging in Aotearoa. So when they felt like they belong, what stopped them from feeling like they belong and what needed to change. It was interesting as we were doing all the scoping in 2019 and and initially I was like, oh, you know, we need to talk about talk to vulnerable communities and marginalized communities and all these words and then as we started doing our matrix and everything we soon realized that actually we need to talk to everyone when we started thinking about what diversity means and and the different ways that people live their lives and um, the multiple identities we all hold it was like actually um, everyone and how are we going to categorize that and make sure that we hit everyone Um, So we thought even about socioeconomic diversity, rural versus urban, we, of course, ethnic and cultural, people just, you know, disabled people, gender diverse, all of the things, all of the things. 
So that was cool. And so a lot of that information is all on our website around what, what people said. And we kind of themed it and put sub-themes and put some of the quotes from what people said. So that's all available. And we're now working on um, a sort of implementation phase of it. Um, basically, our kaupapa really is one that that we as an organisation want to be tetiriti aligned and that we want to have that co-papa as part of our work. So we have a co-lead structure for that. Um, currently looking for another co-lead because our most wonderful person has had to go off and do other things, but we're committed to, to that. Um, and we're also committed to um, bringing people together across different sectors. So that's where we saw the gap, that people are working within their lanes, as it were. So whether you're in resettlement or whether you're in rainbow communities or whatever, everyone's working on their issues and we don't want to step into that. But what we want to do is bring these people together across communities because there's not many spaces where that's happening um, and see what we can work on together to have more impact. And what were the key takeaways from your nationwide digital and in-person tour? Oh, too, too many, too many to count. I mean, we have so many stories. There's, there's a lot of heartwarming stories. There's a lot of things that people are doing in communities to, to try and bring, bring people together, whether it's storytelling or festivals or, um, you know, smaller acts within their neighbourhoods. Um, and then in the space of not belonging, oh gosh, there was just so much. And, you know, I, I always thought of myself as a person who got around, who tried to hear different perspectives and understand issues from various communities. Um, but I found the experience mind-blowing. It was really like there was so much that I didn't know and understand about the realities of people's day-to-day -day lives. So whether it was, you know, postnatal mums and, and bad plenty or a Tourette's group or, um, you know, in all sorts, all sorts of ways. And people talked about impacts in their workplace, um, within families. Um, yeah, really, um, I think... One of the biggest takeaways and, you know, in the space of what people want changed was really for other people to understand them, right, and for other people to understand their needs. So really it's that piece of being visible. But when I think about the Tourette's group, you know, when these young people said, I just want people to understand what my tips are, what I need for them to do or not do when they happen. It would be nice if they didn't make fun of my tics and copy them and make me feel terrible about it. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Are, and, and that was um, was across communities. Uh, like we just want people to know to, and to understand. And so I think there's, there's a lot to do about creating those connections so that we learn more about each other. Um, a lot of focus on education, um, a lot of interest in systemic and institutional change and how we make that happen. Um, for us, you know, our key focus is communities and, and working on communities. So as an organisation, we don't run programmes as such. What we do is, is try and bring people together and form groups and support them 
to run programs in, in the ways that they think is important and needed for their communities. That's beautiful. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I wish I could give some sort of profound response, but that's, <laughs> no, it's that's gorgeous. It's yeah. amazing work. And so the three main areas that we're focusing on at the moment is around um, media as allies, because a lot of people talked about um, the way that media represents them or doesn't represent them, whether they're visible or not visible, visible in only a negative way and never in a positive way, all of those kinds of things. Um, so that group is going really well and we're looking at getting a literature review done, we're doing some conversations with different communities to ask them for examples of both positive and negative media representation with view of, um, you know, taking that to the media and saying how can we together as communities and media make this better. Right, so it's not about bashing people or being negative because what's the point, what we want is, um, you know, to work with people. And that's the best way. Um, another one of our collaborations is called Te Totoke Roto. So it's about futility. And that one's quite different. So that's developed as kind of a learning hub where people come together, share best practice and experience, and then take that out into their work and then bring other people in who might benefit. So it's a, an evolving thing. Um, and another one that's that's based on social cohesion, but the group decided to work on developing a toolkit for um, new refugees and migrants in terms of having just one place where they could find what community support was available and access it. Because if you don't know where to look, you don't realise that actually there's a whole lot of stuff happening that you can tap into. So, yeah, those are just some of the things that we're doing in that space, but lots of other work as well. Our economic systems and a lot of our political systems and various laws and, and even social norms that have existed for decades, um, in many ways they, um, they, they limit people and they're, they're, they're not inclusive. Should we be trying to reform our present structures and, and government and so, more, or, and so on, or be focusing on building new and new structures that are built on more equitable foundations two things that i want to say to that so first of all our co-papa is very much focused on community and, and working in communities because for me the answer lies in community and not in government but having said that yes government is a is a powerful beast and, and it can't be ignored and yes there's work to be done on that um, one of the pieces of work that our group did for internal development was like book review of Matiki Mai um, and, and uh, the late Dr. Moana Jackson's models for constitutional reform. Um, and, you know, I'm personally very interested in that. I actually think that um, he's right that the Westminster adversarial system does not work well. Um, and maybe having a different model that is more about, um, you know, reaching consensus, doing it in a way that, yes, you get the robust plus and minuses of any policy idea or solution that's put forward, but in a way that enhances mana and is about um, finding the best for everyone with goodwill, right? Not about knocking the other one down to prove that you're the winner, which is where we seem to have got to. And it's really... Um, in so many ways, it's destructive. 
and not helpful. So yes, <coughs> I think absolutely there's space for some fundamental reform of the way we do things. Um, unfortunately, we just get so hampered by, by political discourse, by what comes up in the media sometimes by what's going on in social media and the active attempts to derail conversations. So right now, if you say co-governance, um, they're trying to create this environment where that's a scary, awful, unfair thing rather than a, um, you know, something that's enriching and positive and fair, you know, inherently fair. Um, and I guess if you look at it from a majoritarian perspective, it feels unfair, but if you look at it from an equity and ethics and, um, and historical perspective, then it's inherently fair, you know, to have, to have co-governance, um, to have tino rangatiratanga and kawanatanga, and, and as um, Dr. Jackson talks about that relational sphere between the two, um, I would love for us to work on that. And I'm hoping that as our younger generations come through that they can help, like it shouldn't be all on them. We're, doing, we're trying to do our bit, we're trying to do our bit, but, but they seem to hold that so much better sometimes, you know, and that's really, that's where my hope is, is with the young people um, and, and us older people sort of creating the space where they can do that and explore it. I hope, I hope, you know, Vision, uh, Iwi Chairs Forum have their Vision 2040 at the moment, um, and, you know, their vision around all whānau reaching their potential and the work that they do around that. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of scope. Um, if we could just put the fear aside and the fear-mongering aside. I don't want to ask for a tangible result because I, th I think inclusivity is something that transcends a measurable metric but yeah what have you seen as a result of your work and countless other people's work yeah so it's interesting when you say that because it, you know in 2019 as I was working to set up the process project sorry and people were asking me um, not a lot of people, a couple of people said oh you know what are going to be your quick runs on the board and I'm like we're not about quick runs on the board <laughs> we're not about just quickly doing something and getting something done. We're about doing it right and taking the time and embedding change. So, so I mean, I'm quite comfortable around that. I feel, you know, one of the things that happened with those belonging conversations is the people in the room when we said, you know, what needs to change, what would help, a lot of them were like more conversations like this one. You know, and for many of them, these these different groups, of people getting into the room and hearing all these different experiences, and it was a ninety minute session, right? We'd stop at ninety minutes, regardless if we if we got through the three questions or not. But they actually bonded within that ninety minutes, and the way that we ran that conversation, they bonded. Um, so, and we always intended to, and we are going to um, in the next um, few months or the, this year. Um, do some more those conversations um, because we need to we feel like we need to keep our material up to date and see what's current and, and so on um, so we'll be doing some more of that um, some of the other work we've been able to do is in partnership with other people um, 
And so there's a project called Inclusive Faith Communities, which came out of um, the conversations when disabled people talked about some of the issues that they'd been having in faith communities. And some of it was pretty harsh, you know, it was really difficult. Um, and we're not just talking about, you know, places to sit or always put in the back or on the side or accessibility. We're talking about views of disability, um, that it's something that needs to be healed rather than accepted, that it's a manifestation of sin of parents, that um, people get left out of photographs because of that, because it's seen as a shame. All of these kind of really dark and troubling things that I just literally I hadn't come across, you know, um, and that's on me that I hadn't come across them, but once I heard them, I was like, okay, we've got to do something about this. So it's taken a while, but we've got this project um, that's held by Yes Disability, and we're partnering with them on around trying to get people of faith in a room and disabled people in a room, hearing from each of them separately, letting them talk about this, and then coming together to hear from each other. So, yep, we're hoping that that will roll out towards the end of June, July, August. And that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, so we've, we've collaborated on things like mental health and ethnic communities. Um, another one of our collaborative projects is um, how to get ethnic youth voices heard within policymaking and how to have better engagement between policymakers and um, young people. Um, yeah, and, and then another piece of work we do, which is around training organisations around how to do diversity and inclusion. And, and we've done a bit of that. And we never, this is not work that we've gone and asked for or advertised for, but people come to us because they think we'll know something about it. And so we're like, okay. Um, and we have a really strong programme of, you know, taking them through how to think about it, how to embed it, and then how to begin to work on it um, because for us it's very much it has to be a values-based um, and really understanding why you want to do it and what it means for, for the organization and being ready to face the challenges because if this stuff was easy if inclusion was easy we'd all have done it by now right we'd all be happy, no racism, no discrimination. It's not like we haven't been talking about this for, you know, 100 or 200 years or more. Um, so it isn't easy. And we're in a world that's a lot more het heterogeneous than it was, you know, before air travel, when you had to take ships to get places and things. So it, it's a new world. And we, I think, you know, we haven't caught up. We haven't figured out how to do it. We're still on that path and it's... It's a difficult journey, but it's doable. Are you guys okay? Because people are coming to you with enormous challenges and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, no, the team is amazing. I mean, the, the organisation is certainly not just me. We've got some, some lovely people and... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I won't say that it's it's just been simple, smooth sailing. And, we, you know, it, just as the work is difficult for other organisations, it's always difficult for us as well in terms of, um, you know, some of the stuff just hasn't been done before. 
in terms of what we're trying to do around building cross-sectoral networks and, and so on. And so there's been a lot of trying to figure out what it means, how to do it, how to get things moving forward. I feel like we kind of were struggling with a lot of those issues last year, but we worked through it. And um, and I feel like this year we just like we really kind of hit the ground running. Um, so yeah, it is, it is, and people, you know, this, in this modern world, people move in and out, and, and that's how things are, and so, um, but I think the, the thing is that the core, we've developed the core kaupapa, um, we know the areas that we want to work in, and how we want to make change, and, um, and, and people are bringing some really solid skills and thinking, and, um, and we get support from things like, um, I think it was MI2, was like, oh, will you take some interns? And we're like, okay, we can take a couple. And those interns have really helped out. And um, people have just stepped in. So I'd, I'd like to shout out people like um, Tracy Bridges and Kate Smith, who are really, really strong comms experts. And back in 2019, they helped design a comms strategy and have been available. Um, NIDIA, which is the National Institute of Demographic and Economic Analysis, um, in 2019 stepped in and said, we'll do a literature review for you. And they did it and paid for it. And it was amazing. That's available on our website. Um, and so, yeah, um, aside from the core team, who, who are brilliant people come in and out and we've recently established an advisory group and so that's a really lovely group of people that we can call on with, with issues that we're dealing with and, and so on. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is, yeah, it is, it is challenging work. It's, mm -hmm. it's not simple, but, um, but the commitment is there and everyone's heart is just like, you know, they're really passionate about this and they care and they bring a lot to it. And so we work through all the things um, and it's good. I mean, I feel like this is the place I was meant to be. I was trained to be a chartered accountant and I was a chartered accountant for like 30 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, this is, this is different. This is being on contract. This is relying on funding coming through and in a much more uncertain, uncertain space. And, and it is for all of our team. That's that's the nature of, of community projects. And so you live with, with that uncertainty as well. But um, we all feel like this is this is where we want to be. This is what we want to be doing. Um, this is the difference that we want to make in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think I've already said it, but God, that's that's beautiful. Um, I don't want to assume that you and your team are going to magically fix everything. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd love if it, I'd love if you could if you've got a spare afternoon to to deal with that. But <laughs> um, seriously though, how can all of us ensure that your work and other people's effort um, isn't just a temporary action? and genuinely transformative how can all of us make that change yeah that, I mean that that's always an interesting question so on our website we have a section which is called you can take action right and so in there I mean it's not as comprehensive as we'd like it to be but it does have some tips 
um, and some things about where you might want to start in your own communities. And we actually, I wrote out a piece of on how to run one of those belonging and inclusion conversations um, in, in your community. Uh, and like even that, even getting a group of people in a room, and we used the concept of whakawhanaunatanga, um, which is, is from Te Ao Māori. And, and so, you know, when we think of, and, and this is this is the world that I've grown, grown up in as well, is very Western paradigm of when you introduce yourself, you say, I do this, I've done that, I've done this. And, um, and it's almost like people are giving a CV, right? Or a snapshot of their lives. Whereas when you when you talk about whakapanonatanga and, and sometimes we ask the question, how did you come to be? in this room today what is your life journey that brought you to here and it's talking about your past connections and your history and all of those things so um, taking the time to do that and we always take whatever time it takes is so rich like every group we've done it with and every training we do every workshop we do all of our conversations um, every new group that we start we spend the time that it takes to do that and it brings out so much um, depth of understanding and create that space where people can be vulnerable because we're so scared to be vulnerable aren't we we have to we have to show the space to the world um, of our success or about are we doing all right we're uncomfortable to talk about you know, some of the difficulties in the journey, unless we're with people that we're really safe, we feel safe with. And so it's about trying to create that safety so that people feel able to talk about it. Um, so, you know, never underestimate the power of conversations and, and the, the, you know, the, the ability to bring whatever people, you know, it could be your neighbours, it could be your friends, it could be, and just spending some time to learn about those experiences. Um, and another, you know, when I when I do, you know, I do public speaking a lot and, and often people are, you know, like, oh, how do we do it? And I'm scared. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I offend someone? What do I, you know, what do I do? Um, and I give them some really simple things that they can build into their day-to-day -day lives, you know, and it's things like if you're on social media, who do you follow? Cheat your followers. I've, I I kind of am off Facebook at the moment and I stick to Twitter, but whatever is the social media that is your choice. You know, in my Twitter, I try and follow people from a lot of different countries, from a Vietnamese communist to a black French woman living in the UK to a Latina person in the Netherlands, Native Americans, whatever. Like, um, you know, I follow trans people and, and um, rainbow, other rainbow communities and people, disabled people of you know like and you can do that and you don't have to comment you have to don't have to be in their faces sometimes just being in a space and listening quietly is the best thing that you can do in your entertainment time you know try and build in things like going to pride week or going to something you know every community is showcasing themselves literally every community is having an independence day or a festival and and you'll find these in your local paper or wherever instead of instead of a movie go and sit there for a couple of hours and just listen just say hello just listen 
just find out what what's going on with them it's it's not difficult picking you know your movies the books that you read the television programs you can pick ones that tell a story you haven't heard from people that you don't normally interact with so these are you know and building up your own capabilities and capacities and understanding that you can do simply and build into your life as a start you know it's not the end but it's a start and it's it, it helps you build some connections it helps you give that confidence to reach out and the one thing I always say to people when they say I'm, I'm afraid I might do the wrong thing whatever one thing that people will see is your goodwill and your aroha when you take that into a space a lot of things will be forgiven and when you ask the questions in a way that is you know it's not about oh my god you know tell me everything you know but just did I do that right is there something I can improve on whatever being willing to to take the feedback and to to um, learn from it that 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 work in communities is so critical, I think, and everyone can do that. And then when you're ready to do the big things like constitutional change, <laughs> you know, you build some allies, you've got people. You, the, what we say is you're always more effective with a group of people. Having to try and do a lot of these things alone is, is really hard. So finding your people, finding those spaces, um, reaching out if you can, as much as you can. Yeah. I, I was initially going to ask what you hoped Aotearoa would look like in a century, but I I wanted to change that a smidge. What's your dream for Aotearoa? What do you want it to be? So when we when we had those conversations, and the first question we asked is, when do you feel like you belong? And the most common answer to that. Absolutely, the most common answer in one shape or another was when I can be myself. But they'd start with, oh, when I'm with friends or family and we'd be like, we didn't accept that as an answer. We'd always be like, oh, yeah, so what do they do? What is it about your friends and family that makes you feel like you belong with them? Oh, I can be myself, right? And they can show, you know, some people would say I can show up fully. I can be my whole, whole self. Um, and so that's... That is my vision, that these people can be their whole selves in every space, that, that they can be themselves and not have to hide parts of their identity, parts of who they are, because society requires them to conform to some kind of standard that doesn't fit who they are. Um, and that space where, where we can all sit comfortably with difference. And, and that doesn't mean we have to agree and it doesn't mean we have to like each other, right? We're still allowed to disagree and we're still allowed to have our own opinions on things. And But we've learned how to do that in a way that's mana-enhancing, in a way that allows the other person to still show up fully and that we accept, okay, that's who you are. I don't agree with it, but I will make space for you and make sure you feel valued. Yeah, that's my vision. Thanks, Anjum. Plus a thanks to Anusha for arranging the interview. It's clear that things won't magically change, but if we all put in the work, we can change Aotearoa for the better. And isn't that honestly just the best feeling? If you want to learn more about the collective, how your group can connect with them, 
or how you can take the lead, check out their website, inclusivealtaroa.nz, and I'll pop it in the show notes too. That wraps up another episode. The next one will be out as soon as I make it. So, hit follow or subscribe, whatever the equivalent is, wherever you're listening to this, and the next release will be delivered straight to you. In the meantime, though, have a great week, everyone, and stay warm out there. Thanks again. Cheers. Arirah.